podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel, but now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. It's here. It's the day trippers. Right, um, we're about to do the first of our interviews then for this uh, Cologne trip, and we're very, very lucky to have Jeremy Dow with us. Jeremy's a, a football agent within soccer. Um, Jeremy, I know you've spoken to Phil before um, for the show. Um, so I can't remember it though, but how? Phil, Phil doesn't really remember much about it. But, but we don't want to cover all ground, um, but it would be a bit silly if we didn't just get a little bit of an intro to you know yourself and what you do. So, would you mind just telling us, first of all, how, what makes what, what what leads you to that as a career? What's what what was the what was the idea behind it, or how, what what attracted you to the idea of being a football agent? Um, yeah, it's a good question. Um, luck, really? Would be okay. Answer. Okay. I, I hadn't dreamed of it to be honest with you, and it's not as though it's a big, uh, spectacular career. It's a lot of hard work, and uh, to be honest with you, Melissa hates my phone from time to time. As do I. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, it just uh, it was just a matter of luck. I mean, I played growing up. Uh, to the you know, highest level that I could. Um, I played on a university scholarship uh, and uh, ended up uh, coming over to the UK to work and ended up landing in Germany with um, United Nations School, actually. Mm. Um, and it wasn't here for, for football reasons at all. And I ended up running into Mr. Novotny, Jens Novotny, in, okay. um, in, a, in a stadium in Wuppertal. And uh, he had just uh, finished his career with Germany and with Leverkusen, and uh, we got to talking and... Um, yeah, the long and the short of it is I'm I'm into uh, to this side of the business now. So um, uh, I guess what leads me and drives me is the passion of the game. And had I been asked before if I had the opportunity to do this, I certainly uh, probably wouldn't have believed it. But certainly would have thought that it would be a, a spectacular line of work. Sure. Uh, but the, the thing is, coming from Canada, it's just not uh, you know professional football is not our game. Mm. Uh, and being an agent is yeah not a very um, 
financially viable uh, option because there's only three professional teams and, uh, mm -hmm. and the commissions are half of that than uh, that they are in Europe. So uh, okay, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't exactly a conscious decision that I want to be in this business. I have to be in this business. It's more of just uh, you know having it in my background and, and uh, you know being at the right place at the wrong time. <laughs> I know what you mean. Something something struck me there in the middle of your description about the phone. Um, it's 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 probably very much a twenty four hour gig, isn't it? There's, it's it's probably one of those things where you're pretty much on call all the time. Is that right? Yeah, give or take. It's all encompassing. So yeah, um, yeah. That, that yeah, I couldn't count in, in two hands the type of different weird situations yeah I, that I've come across I've come across phone calls for boys not showering right. um, which is looked on in a German standpoint to be unprofessional which of course it is um, to uh, yeah, cell phone problems to fool, school problems to uh, legal and police problems to girlfriend problems to obviously the important things like football and medical and you know, yeah. insurance etc but I, I couldn't I, I, it would take me a long time to actually think about all the different uh, problems that I've encountered that, you know, you just have to shake your head and think, this is why we do earn our money. Yeah, the fixer element of it, where oh, to presented in situations all the time. Social media, to a large extent. Well, the kids have no idea um, what to and what not to put out there and, 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 and how vulnerable they are. And Yeah, the, the fixer element is, is, is absolutely... Putting out yeah. fires and... Oh, yeah. Preferably trying to prevent them before yeah, of they occur. Course, of course, um, of course. Uh, but you know, and, and you learn over the years, you know, what to tell the boys to watch out for. But uh, the fixer element is it plays a massive role. Well, what's what's the process involved in actually recruiting a player? I mean, it, you know, we, we we might be familiar with the idea of a scout who'll go and see whether a guy's good or not. I mean, I know you you, you are involved with the the very with the you know picking up prospects. So, do you go and watch a player and then think, okay, this might be someone I might be interested in working with, or is it the worst, does it work the other? Way? They, they come to you looking for representation or how does that work? Uh, once in a while it'll be the second, it'll okay. be people coming to me and that's because I've been in it for a long enough period of time and I've done a, you know, a decent enough job and I've made a name for myself I, I think in, in many a business word of mouth is often the best advertisement yeah. for, for somebody's quality You know, whether it's a drywaller, an, an architect uh, a school teacher or whatever it's, it's, it's oftentimes people saying you know, he's good and, and, you, and you, know, you can work with him and you can trust him in the other regard um, I will generally target my own clients and watch them a number of times against uh, lower level and medium level and higher level opposition to see how they how they do when they're losing, mm. how their their body language is, how their heads are on the field, and then if I really think it's worth uh, worth the time and the you know the professional perspective to to do more of of what some of my colleagues do, you know, which is to to dig into the idea of you know what what are their heads like, what are they like in school, you know, find out uh, via additional players, parents, coaches, etc. if they're mature, if they're respectful, if they're thankful, mm. and if they know how to take a punch and keep on going rather than to, you know, bottle it and uh, and give up. Yeah, I was struck by that when we spoke earlier on off uh, off the mics about um, your attitude to character, the idea of, of being interested in how a person's put together, if they have basically the right stuff to, to, to make it, you know, it seems to be a pretty much a vital element in, in the recruitment process as well, or am I making that up? No, not at all. Um, I, I think, in, at least when I was living in UK, they'd call it bottle. Yeah, you know, the, yeah. And the, the the ability to, to you know to 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 reach deep down and to to be able to to yeah to to step it up when uh, when they've been knocked down. Hmm. Um, and it, it's it's hard because it, when you come through the youth, you you spend five, six, seven, eight, nine, perhaps ten years in a youth academy 
one day you're playing, one day you're not. I was talking with my, my with my colleague Jordy today, and and he, and he said to me, I'm like, I mentioned one particular player, and I was like, yeah, he showed so much promise last year, and and he was like, yeah, but you know, it's 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 U18, U19. Sometimes these boys have dips and they come back, and you know, it's about how they, uh, you know, they have, how they handle it in the long term. It's not just about the short term, and and it is like that. You know, sometimes you're working hard and your attitude is right, and it's still not going in a perfect way. Um, so uh, certainly that ability to persevere is probably the Germans call it the Wille, which is you know, literally translated the will, the determination to, right. to, to, to move on. I mean, my boss Jens had four ACLs in his career. Yeah. He, did his, he did his cruciate four times, yeah. and he still played 48 games for Germany up until the 2006 World Cup. That's probably the embodiment of Villa, right there. Yeah, you know, and that's and that and it is exactly that. It's just that you know what? Okay, determination. I've just had my life ruined for a year. I am going to deal with this, you know. And uh, and and, you know, from time to time, the kids are on the bench and they think they're a hot shot or or they've they've been doing really well. And it's about saying, hey, you know what? Okay, you're not playing today, but you know, I think you should be pretty thankful to be at a professional club and uh, Mm. try to work hard this week. You know, from a side of perspective, you know, there are homeless people out there. There. You know, five thousand kids your age that that wish they were in your position. So, why don't you uh, pick your head up? You know, the world's not uh, such a terrible place, and and sort of fight for your place. Again. I'm guessing that kind of relationship building is very important. But I'm also guessing that might be a little bit fraught if you've got parents or you know uh, who are watching what you're saying to their, their little precious whoever. Um, you probably find yourself treading a line there, right? Absolutely. It depends on the parents. Some of them are logical and sane. Yeah. And some of them are the opposite. Yeah. Uh, I'll just leave it with that. And I think, you know, they stand there and they watch every training session and they come home and they berate their children about what they did and didn't like. And, and they'll stand on the side and, and they grill the coaches or try their best to make contact with the coaches to apply pressure. And that just makes it worse for both, mm. the, for both the kid and the team. And then, you know, mm. it sort of freezes the boys up from time to time. So it, it, there is a, a high degree of that. And it's, it's about, I guess, offering perspective. And I, I've had it long enough with boys here that I'm very, very quick to point out what the shortcomings are in, let's say, a, a situation gentle like way as possible. You know, mm-hmm. And obviously it depends on the boys. Some of them just want to hear it straight. Just tell me what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of them uh, need to be massaged a bit. You know, a la in a school class. Okay, well, you know, this is done well. However, there are some deficits in in, in area A, B, and C, and you, you know, develop a feel for that, I guess, as as you go along. You probably do things differently now than you would have at the start. And everybody's human beings; we're yeah. all different. So yeah. some of them can just take it straight. Just give me a smack in the mouth and let me know how it is. And the other ones don't. You gotta work your way around it and, and be a little bit gentle and. If you've got to be too sensitive with it, or if the the, the boys are too, let's say, arrogant or, or almost you know cocky, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, then it's generally speaking the type of client that I don't want to be working with. And yeah. That's why I would have done my homework first. But the other element, the major element, I suppose, in relationship is the club. Um, is there? Is the, how does the system work here in Germany? Do you find yourself dealing with one person per club who's kind of responsible for? Uh, talking to agents about their the talent on their books, or does it does it does it vary? Is it a different kind of setup? Big clubs, there's 15 different people I need to be talking to. Right. Okay. In smaller clubs, there'll be five to ten. Okay. You know, it's 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 not. Like, I mean, the most important thing at any club for any player is the trainer. That's the real thing that matters because the trainer is the person who's going to be putting the player on the pitch first of all, and his playing time is 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 vital to his or her you know career. 
And uh, at, at the end of the day, um, you know, from a financial standpoint, you need to be talking to the office upstairs to determine what the plans are with the club in, in, the, in the long-term future. But in the short term, and for the education of the boys, certainly from a youth perspective, there's nothing more valuable than that information from the trainer about what's good, what's not, and what's in between. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and certainly, you know, that, that ability to be able to manage your client um, from, you know, w w within the team itself that he's in. Yeah, and do, do, do you find uh, we've had a little bit of um, uh, movement from Germany, which is very relevant to Liverpool supporters with, with the arrival of Klopp? Um, do you find that it's it's part of the goal for a lot of young German uh, players now, because this is such a successful league in and of itself and so highly regarded? Is England still a destination of choice? Is it kind of <coughs> a dream on the horizon for a lot of young players here because of whatever prestige or perceived prestige, or, or is that? completely the wrong take five years ago I would have told you you're wrong yeah. um, nowadays I would say maybe even further back than five years nowadays I would suggest that the number one the number the top two places that German players would like to go to be yeah. it youth or professionals is England mm. and the MLS okay those are the two places that the boys are interested in going and generally speaking that threshold we're talking 19 to 26 year olds and then upward from 26 we're talking MLS and uh, and certainly from the standpoint of let's say comparing the second leagues you could look at the second league in Germany which according to a statistic that I was given the other day it's the sixth most attended league in Europe and I'm sure if that's not exactly correct it's not far off mm. um, the pay would be about let's say 60 to 80 percent less than the second tier in England although mm. the standard of football is arguably just as good mm. uh, throughout the entirety of the league um, that's one reason that players want to move for a financial standpoint. Mm -hmm. So if they have an EU pass, it's obviously quite interesting to play in England from a from a financial standpoint. Which, you know, they have ten years to make their money before their knees are shot, and they got to think about you know a second career. And most of them aren't going to be bankers or lawyers, so um, they need to make the most amount of money possible. So from a financial standpoint, a strong second Bundesliga player would have that interest. And from a standpoint of the culture and the interest in the league, the Germans love tradition. They love a traditional club, so they're all about going to England. That's why they love the whole thing with Klopp, because Liverpool, to the Germans, they really generally don't see a more traditional club that exists uh, outside of Germany, let's say, or uh, you know, in England at least, mm. as Liverpool. Liverpool mm. is, has, a, has a massive name here. Mm. So the fact that Klopp has landed there, and especially coming from a club in the Ruhrpott, coming from Dortmund... Uh, it's a, it's a massive, massive. That, that's what that's I suppose where I was going to go next. That interests me because I'm thinking it can take. I think he's only the second German after was it Felix Magath, I mm. think, mm. Um, to to manage in in the in the Premier League. So, I mean, he could really not necessarily just to Liverpool, but he could act as a conduit, couldn't he, for uh, that connection at least could get things going in a way that they haven't gone. To date, I mean, there have there hasn't been a huge amount of traffic. Um, you could really see it stepping up now, just on the basis of this kind of catalyst, couldn't you? Absolutely. There, I mean, there's going to be more interest uh, for this uh, for this type of, of of transfer for players, let's say, just based on the fact that Klopp is there and then Emery Chan is having some success, etc. And yeah. obviously, with the boys going to Liverpool. Um, you know, additionally speaking, there's also, I mean, for example, you've had Uwe Rossler recently at Leeds, who just got fired this week, actually. Uh, but, you know, obviously Leeds is another traditional club in, mm -hmm. in English history as well, and, 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 you know, Germans are aware of that. Uh, I mean, Uwe Rossler was an ex-national player for East Germany, for the old DDR. He was the last game they actually played. He played for Germany, actually. So he has some of his own traditions, and I think that he had brought a couple of Germans with him. 
There's a couple of German boys that just came from FC Cologne's youth that are currently at Brentford on the first team as yeah. well yeah. that have come over. And so I think you're starting to see a, a, a slow increase in, in, in the migration of the German professional to, to England. Mm. And as I said, that you know there is that that attractive nature of going to England, of going to London, or going to yeah, yeah, yeah. to UK. Let's say that that the Germans do find attractive, and they do like the idea of heading across the channel. Yeah. Do do, do you find Jeremy though with the, with the kids, and it's the same as most kids worldwide that you know an awful lot of them come with the expectation that they are all going to succeed, and managing those expectations at a young age is is really difficult. To a large extent, and yeah. we're just talking about that outside. Yeah. You know, and they, they and they do think that, and it's nice to throw out the statistic that approximately from let's say the U19 Bundesliga, which is probably the strongest youth league in the world, especially here in the West, from all the kids that play as starters there, you're going to be looking at about 15 to 20 percent that are going to make it as professionals. Mm-hmm. In other leagues, it would be lower, but in Germany, the youth development is so high, you're looking yeah. at close to 15 to 20 percent, and from that, you have about three percent that will be able to live financially the rest of their lives from their careers. They don't think about it. Mm. It doesn't cross their minds. Yeah. And then you have another staggering statistic that is, and in, in, in Germany it's a fact, I don't know what it's like in other countries, but I can only imagine it's similar, is that what, close to 50% of players are declared insolvent or bankrupt within five years of retiring. Yeah. So there's all these, it, it's not even just expectations, it's about, hey, say, this is, football is football, but there's the real world, mm-hmm. you know, and... Um, yeah, they, they still don't listen from time to time. We brought a, a, a big first-team national player from Olympiacos this year to Karlsruhe, which is a, a larger-sized Bundesliga 2 club. And the first thing we said uh, to Yemenakadakos when he came was, hey, you need to have your German insurance policy before you begin to play. He said, yeah, yeah, I'll get it, I'll get it, I'll get it, put your guy in touch. And, 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 and Marcus got in touch with, 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 with the client in Karlsruhe. And uh, he was... Yeah, taking his time, and uh, I mean, obviously, you know, an insurance policy for a football player is going to cost you around a grand or two a month, depending on the size of your contract. His was <coughs> sort of a one and a half. He waited, and he waited, and he waited, and um, yeah, he got injured, and he's paying out of pocket now, and he's not getting his, his, his money on the side, other than the basic, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, salary that the club will pay. So it's, it's you, you end up with players that don't make decisions because they don't want to make manage those expectations they want to make sure that they have the most amount of money possible in their pocket in the short term but it's also about investing that money wisely and, and, and ensuring that you you know that you are covered in the medium to long term as well so how difficult is it to identify talent like you, you, i know from talking to you the last time you know you, you guys are looking at the, the the younger age group or yourself is looking at the age group in terms of bringing the kids through and, and who can you develop into into good players how much time do you spend you know identifying talent or being put on how, how does that process work myself and Trevor are trying to figure out we're trying to work out in our own heads like you know you're, you're not just sitting there on YouTube looking at, at somebody sending you a clip <laughs> every second day or something like that but like, how, how, what is the process behind identifying talent and knowing that you know how much goes into researching the guy's background and stuff like that before you bring them to a club well certainly I think when I started, I, I, I did manage to look at a few YouTube videos and take them seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I'll admit it, I'll admit yes, it. It's a gateway drill. I'll, 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 I'll send you a clip after this. <laughs> I, have a, I have a dirty secret. I looked, I looked at YouTube and I liked it. Yeah. No, it was, it was, I, I use, um, we've been using Scout for years, which is a full open Scout account will you know, cost you something around the area of 20 to 30k a year. Uh, to, to have it, I've been using Instat recently mm-hmm. um, because I've been I've been uh, offered a temporary account to sort of look at uh, you know the profile in, in regard to its quality against uh, 
against Y Scout, I will use that as a supplementary tool, mm-hmm. if at all possible. Uh, for example, when I'm looking at some potential MLS candidates, you know, in, in Belgium, I was mentioned a few, and I plan in the next couple of weeks, uh, if and when possible, to go to Standard Liège to look at a couple of targets. That's about a 45 minute drive. Mm-hmm. You need to see him in person. Mm-hmm. The boys at MLS have all the video material they like but they like to fly here and it's and you need to do that you need to to be able to look at the off the ball movement to be able to look at the the body language what i find interesting is to when, when a player scores a goal for example if i'm looking at a boys put the ball in it how does the team celebrate with them mm-hmm. you know how is this how is this is standing in the team and how is his character but certainly i think i i'd like to see them if they lose i like to see them if they if, if i'm in the at least in the recruitment stage i like to see if 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 they're losing how how they how do they manage themselves you know I think character is often judged by what a person acts like when they can't do something for you or when you can't do something for them. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it, it's when the chips are down, I think it's interesting to see how a, how a, a person plays out. And, and oftentimes you'll watch a match and a team will get smacked, but you'll spot one kid that you thought continued to fight and, uh, you know, and, 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 and did his part and, and tried his best. So I think that that would be that one area. I'd like to see them if they play against a weaker uh, team or a team that doesn't have the best game, i.e. if a team wins 4 or 5 one to see what they're like when they're really hot and they're flowing and they have all the confidence in the world. And then i also like to see them if they play against absolute top opposition. So if we're against a Dortmund, a Schalke, a Leverkusen, a Gladbach, etc., and so I, I'd like to generally get a range first to see if the quality is really worth it. And then after that, then it's to do my personal homework to, to try to find out a little bit more about their, their the personal side of it and their character, et cetera, before I move in. The other, the other side of it as well is that, you know, you've got your 80, 90-something agents in UK and, and generally speaking the same in Spain or in France or in Italy, and they're, you're approaching 300 in Germany. So the uh, the level of competition here is is, is unbelievable, and so it's it's also a matter of well, he might be the business, but if you don't step in now, there's five other agents that you know are standing over there that are waiting to talk, and you have that opportunity because you know who the who the parent is, mm-hmm. and you have that opportunity to make that first first contact now. So you might want to take the risk, you know, have the conversation and judge it for yourself because that's often obviously the best way to to look at it is to have a conversation, look somebody in the eye, and talk to them and. You know, see what they have to say. I mean, sometimes they don't want an agent, which is, mm. you know, it's, it's certainly their own decision. But it's yeah. just, you know, corners their market. But it's, you know, it's certainly their choice to, to make that type of, of choice. Well, what is the risk, I suppose, for you as an agent when you're when you're weighing up, you know, whether to approach a, a young player and, and try and bring them into the stables, so to speak? Um, you know, what do you see as the the things that can go wrong for you? A lot of work, right, for no return. Yeah. To be honest, because it's a business and it's a business model, and I don't mean to be cold about it. No, no, no. Listen, it is. But I'm, but I'm. I live on the phone, and when I go out with my wife uh, or with my family, my phone's ringing off the hook. It better be for good reason. Yeah. Because better it's got to pay for that. It's, it's got to have it's, money at the end of it. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and again, you earn your pay. You yeah. earn your pay. It's not a. It's not a, a shyster business. Although there are, you know, certainly dark characters out there. Um, it's 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 a business where you really, really do earn your pay. It's mm. it's relentless work, mm. and so the 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 biggest thing is, is certainly for us, certainly from our firm, we're, we're a boutique agency. We work with smaller numbers for smaller you know amount of employees in the company, and, it, and it's the quality has to be there. That's for us. It's it's about really having that quality, and then it's certainly that you you like the people you work with, you know, which includes your clients. It's nice to be able to, you know, this one particular family that we're, that we're pretty close with that we spend a lot of time with here. They have a brow house around the corner and, 
you know, we're quite happy. You know, the, the older brother's gone over to Canada on a scholarship and is playing at a university that I used to play against. And the younger younger brother is, is kicking on with a professional first-team contract at Gladbach. But they're a nice family. It's not difficult yeah. work. They're, they're good people, and I enjoy it. So that's there's that side of the risk, too, because whatever it is, your job, whatever you do, mm. you want to enjoy your job. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. It's normal, right? It's like any other job you want to enjoy. If you don't enjoy it, then don't do it. Don't exactly find a new... Fashion. Right, and that includes the people that you're working with, mm-hmm. of course. That's obviously one of the most important things. But the lines must get blurred to an extent. Of course, they do. When, you know, when you when you end up being fond of someone, um, you find yourself with an irrational desire for them to uh, to succeed. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. <laughs> Melissa says I'm like a, a like a, a father. Like I'm so you know excited. Yeah, they're always good. Everything's good. You yeah, know? like I yeah. Can't <laughs> And it's and it is like that. You you get. Uh, and I, I'm the type of guy I wear my heart on my sleeve and my heart's invested in it which is a good thing mm-hmm. but it can also be to your detriment let's say because the, mm-hmm. the lines excuse me, do become blurred yeah, of course. Uh, and so you do have to, to remind yourself from time to time that it's not you know potentially what you see it is you see things with rose colored mm-hmm. glasses mm-hmm. and, yeah. and uh, you're operating the Jerry Maguire model <laughs> yeah, but I like that. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, absolutely, no? absolutely. Yeah. Show me the money. <laughs> right? You know, and, and and sometimes it's hard, but damn, it's good. You know, yeah. and you you're out, and, and 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 you know, my wife goes out with me sometimes with with, with some of our clients. And we have some nice nights out, and we enjoy ourselves. And, and some of the some of the kids are great. God bless their hearts, man. I love them a bit. But <laughs> but then, yeah, the lines do become blurred, and yeah. and sometimes and you get. Got a, to put the arm around them when they don't make it and you know that's the other side to it you know there's the great time when when your client hits the first team um, and you know they're in they've, they've got their contract they've made it to the first team and that's great but there's there's lots of other times when I'm sure you Chips have down. to yeah, yeah and, and you have to put the arm around them and just say listen this isn't going to be for you or you know they're not renewing or they're not giving you a professional and that must be you know they're not giving you a professional contract should I say and that must be a really tough part of the job to, to have to do that to a guy who you've been watching, you know, sort of progress for two, three years. Yeah, sure. Sometimes it's down to luck. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's down to the fact that the club has stabbed them in the back or that another talent has come around and you know your boy's good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's down to injury. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's down to a new manager as well. Sometimes yeah. it's down to a new manager or sometimes it's down to politics. There, there's a whole host of things. So it's up to you to identify if that if it's still worth it to continue, you know, to really put your professional judgment of yourself and your clients out there to say, okay, do we have other options? Have we done everything we could possibly do? Mm. And if you've exhausted your options or you really, really think that you're in a cul-de-sac or at a dead end, if you will, then okay to, to identify that to your, to your client and say, okay, here are some secondary options to make the transition out of football, which we do provide. Uh, provide scholarships, for example, for a lot of our boys. Uh, we certainly provide the insurances and the investments for injuries or, or you know, saving for your futures for our clients. And a lot of agencies won't do that. And I'm not downing other agencies. I'm just saying that not all agencies are going to have secondary options or the the bottle to have those conversations mm-hmm. as well. Sometimes uh, the way some people work, they just don't pick up the phone. You know, mm-hmm. when, when you're at the dead end, then this you know there won't be somebody at the it's end of the line. Goodbye, and thanks, thanks for having me. And that's it. And you you know they'll look for the next one. And if you don't figure it out, well, that, that's too bad for you. So that's that's the way some people are working. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm not I'm not working like that. But you know, it's not always good news. So you have to be able to transmit that and to let them know what our options are A, B, and C. And, you know, what do you feel like you want to do? And here's our advice. And then move forward. You know? We've uh, we've monopolized a lot of your time here, Jeremy. But I, I would like to just selfishly drag it back to Liverpool here. Um, 
and talk about Mr. Klopp if you've got. Yeah, hang on a second. This is the non-Liverpool pod. Do you remember that bit? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that? So you're dragging it back to Liverpool. Yeah. Trev, stay on fucking message here. Oh, yeah. I, I'll allow this one. That's the fourth one. <laughs> All right, that was an unfortunate interjection there, by Phil. <laughs> so anyway, Jeremy, back to the conversation me and you were having, man. Um, the, uh, the what I wanted to ask you about was whether yourself or Mr. Novotny had any interaction with Klopp, or if there's any sort of uh, skinny you can give us on him as a as a guy uh, to operate with. Jurgen Klopp, uh, certainly no interaction, not at all. Really? Um, uh, I know that Mbassians knows him. Um, they, they've met before. Um, one of the coaches that we work with, they have the same agent. Yeah. Uh, I've heard nothing but good about him. I mean, he's a Mainz boy, uh, and the Mainz boys come from good stock. I will tell you that they were they are a working class blue collar club. Um, uh, Thomas Tuchel as well, the current trainer of Dortmund, also comes through Mainz, as mm-hmm. well as Mr. Klopp, also previous players that have come through into management. Um, they're very humble. They're very humble, not not low class, but just again very blurry, blue collar, very humble people who see things from a very pragmatic, let's say, standpoint. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess that makes sense. It, 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 certainly, I wanted to see his interview from his press conference. I guess it was about two weeks later. I finally gotten around having the time to see it, mm-hmm. and then what he said, I'm, I'm the normal one, mm-hmm. you know. And, and he said, my, my mother's in the black forest, and she doesn't <laughs> understand what I'm saying right now. Yeah, I'm pretty normal, so I guess I'm the normal one. And everybody laughed, and I thought that that's him. That yeah. sums it up. That just kind of sums it up. And I think that you won't get. There's no big time Charlie in him. You know, his smile is very genuine. Uh, he has an excellent network. Um, his his agent doesn't work, to the best of my knowledge, doesn't really work with players. He works with coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, but coming from Dortmund, certainly he will have an excellent line to top young talent, Turkish especially, I think, and Ruhrpott especially. I really do think you can en- en- envision more um, more Ruhrpott and more 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 Turkish and working, uh, you know, blue collar talent coming through. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned before, Phil, I said when we talked, I thought Leroy Sané, yeah. for example, is one good player tip. I, I didn't say that to you. I said uh, I think a Ruhrpott boy. I was thinking in my head to Sané because Sané is a, a working striker who's coming through, who was in the U19 at Schalke at the time, and funny enough, he's come through. He's and I, I, yeah, and, and I've seen his name floated about in the press with, um, with, with, with Liverpool. I don't know if there's any weight to that, but uh, I think certainly there's a very good chance he'll play for Germany in, in, in the European Cup this summer hmm. you know, as a 96-born boy, so I think he's Germany's next striker coming through, unless France take him to play. Yeah, I, th- I think you had mentioned it to me after we did the interview, and um, I was t- immediately thinking, well, you know, you're always supposing deals and stuff like that, but you could, you could almost imagine a trade between Origi and San as being part of some type of San idea because I think Origi's a good player, but I'm not sure he's going to get the game time he needs at Liverpool. Now, we know with the injuries and stuff that that's, that's the way it's going at the moment, but I think the likes of Sané, he's, he's, he's more your what you'd expect a Klopp type of striker to be yeah. hard physical pace a Miroslav Klose type yeah a guy yeah. who just won't stop working that guy's running in his sleep he's yeah. running when he's in the kitchen he's running when he's in the bathroom he's running when he's and he just he just his wheels don't stop mm. and he's really that type of industrious striker that I think that would that would go over well in the Merseyside I think that uh I think that, that I, I think that you're going to see an increasing amount of those types of players coming, and with Klopp there, I, I don't think he's going to go in there and, and do like what Steve McLaren has done at Newcastle, unfortunately, or, or you know previously before, before with Pardew, which is a, a wave of French players, and then we say wave of Dutch players. I don't think you're going to see a wave of German players, but I think I, I do think you'll see an increasing amount. But if there's one thing I know about top young German trainers, there's nothing more that excites them 
than taking an 18-year-old and throwing him on the pitch and letting him play. Mm-hmm. And that isn't part of the British football culture or the Irish yeah. football culture. And, and that's certainly something that you're going to see more and more from club is identifying a youth talent from their own academy and from other places to say, hey, you know what, why don't we take this kid and put him on the field? It's, it's, even when, when he was at Dortmund, it wasn't the case that they were just taking, say, world pro players. Like he was, the talent they identified, the likes of uh, Blachikowski, the Cuba. Um, Easy for you to say. But no, but they 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 brought in even Lewandowski. Like, do you know what I mean? These these are guys who are making waves in say the Polish league. I think Kravyerts is going to be such an important player in the Liverpool terms because he is Klopp's more or less scout in terms of what. what, what yeah, goes Gundogan on. was young coming through, and and, and he's at Mainz, wasn't he? Yeah, and yeah. S- several young players. I, I think that Klopp has a really good network. You will see German boys coming through. Don't get me wrong at all; mm. it, it will definitely happen. But I don't think you're going to see an, an overwhelming wave. I think that he's definitely appreciative of, of any culture he's in, and I think that he'll ensure that there's a local culture to the club kept. And I, I think he was also a smart guy to say that, all right, I'm happy to be here immersed in this culture, so I want to develop this culture, and I'm going to bring some of my own with it. So I, I don't think you're going to see a, a ton of a foreign talent coming in, but I think the ones that you do see will be, to a large extent, effective hmm. and you know loved by the fans. I think Emery Tron was pretty good the other night mm-hmm. in the Europa League, if I'm not mistaken. He, you know, yeah. at, at least the press here says he was very flexible and played well, and, and Klopp was, was happy with his performance. He's starting to develop. Yeah. You can see where he hadn't been developing under Rodgers. You can you can see his fitness levels within the space of two matches look higher than what they were mm. previously. You know what I mean? And one of the things that one of the, the the talk that's coming out is how the players suddenly it's much tougher in terms of training. It's it's constant. It's go. It's go. It's go all the time. Like like, like what you're saying in terms of it's constant hard work. It's constant. It's about stamina. It's about aggression. It's about pace. And they, they're all starting to respond to that. And someone like Emery Chan is now starting to respond to that as well. So Yeah, and he can play so many positions. He can play the outside back like he's done for Germany recently. He can play the centre-half position. He's, in my opinion, more effective in the box-to-box. And it, I guess it just depends on what, you know, on, on the day where he's going to play. But I think, I think that players like that you're going to see increasingly uh, play a role uh, for Klopp, whatever their passport status. Well, I'll tell you what... <coughs> Having spoken to you and having met you, Jeremy, I hope that an awful lot of these youngsters who are going to make their way over are represented by your good self. I think uh, I think they'd be doing well. Um, and so, we, can, we can have points. And it means we, that, yeah. we would get to know some famous footballers. So that, that, would be, that would be wonderful. A nice little tie-in for everybody. Uh, so I want to thank you very much for your time, man. Uh, very enjoyable yeah. chat. Cheers. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, so I, don't, I think Jose Enrique is a perfect way to end this uh, part of the discussion. <laughs> Hello, this is Ronnie Wheeler now, and you're listening to Tripper Chats. Unbelievable stuff. You ask me anything about Liverpool FC, I will answer that immediately. I'm an encyclopedia. As you know, I played for Liverpool in the 1980s, won many trophies, played with the likes of Kenny Daglish, Graham Sunez. Oh, we wanted to what a team we were. We were just unbelievable. Anyway, Tripper Chats. <laughs> oh, just for our listeners, these were the first three words that people sent in to us when we said, just send in a word, spurting, nice. shy talk, and AIDS. Right. So, you know, lots to of see. topic to get into there. So, whiskey. Any whiskey drinkers in the room? I actually... Ah, oh, okay. Well, well, no, no, I was going to say, I had my... I, I bought my first glass of whiskey ever um, last weekend, the weekend before last. And uh, I'd never... Like, a lot of my mates would be whiskey drinkers and, and whatever when we're out, and I'm always like, that's wanky. But I was at an engagement party, and your man who's getting married... I said, what are you having? And he said... Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, let's rewind something back there. Yeah. Last night we had a discussion on WhatsApp. Somebody's <laughs> baby is born. You yeah. do not agree. 
with buying the baby a present. No. But you went to an engagement party. Yeah, because I was going to get drunk. There That's was something not... in it for me. <laughs> Ask me, did I get them a present? An engagement? Was a party? Did I get them a present? No. So I just went and drank with them. Or to go on there, just, just that's what I'm saying. I just went and <laughs> sorry, See, and the guy getting engaged bought you a whiskey. No, 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 I bought, bought him a whiskey. Oh, you bought him, I one. bought him a drink. So you asked him what he was having, and, you, and I said, and What are you having? And there was some fucking te- 12 year old scotch, and he says, I'll have a glass of that. So I was like, Oh, fuck the it. fucking okay. scabby, not only like, is he having an engagement, <laughs> rinsing party. me, <laughs> he wants a 20 euro bo- uh, glass of fucking well, whiskey. Well, we got one each, so uh, so yeah. yeah, that was my first ever one. It was how did you drink it? Um, I drank it with one cube of ice, yeah, that's that's all because like, did you like how did you drink? Drinking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, this is the problem. I've never been a whiskey drinker, so I sipped so, it and tried to let the flavour in my mouth to yeah, see no, did I enjoy it. Well, anyway, so uh, what I drank, which is if there's anyone listening who who kind of fancies this whole image of having a whiskey when they're out, try uh, a Glenfiddich. It's only about twelve euro. Like whereas you could pay twenty euro or. You know, it's, or it's a tenner actually. Well, if anyone from Glenfiddich is listening and wants to send us some free bottles, that would be greatly <laughs> appreciated. Okay, fair enough. Uh, fair enough. Philip Murray wants to know, Andy, if you ever, when you were younger, practiced kissing. <laughs> every bloke at some stage, every person has probably practiced kissing at some stage, like when you're 10 or something. No, like, where, where? I'm honestly back in, the hand, back in the hand. Back in the hand. Back in the hand. I don't think I did because I, from a very early age, I was in a, in a band. And, and <laughs> in a relationship. No, 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 in a band. But you don't get a chance to really practice because it's going on from an early age like will you meet her will you do this will you do that like it's it's 80 kids blokes and girls stuck together you know what I mean yeah. it just happens just yeah. happens you're practicing yeah you're practicing but you're practicing with some other you know 11 year old who's equally as shit as you are at it you know yeah. what I mean and you're so you're you don't, you don't remember ever I genuinely don't I don't ever I remember, remember the stupid myself. conversations in your 10 with girls like oh do you practice this? oh yeah how do you practice it then they like they start wearing the back of the hand off themselves. I'm like, well, how do you do a Frenchie? And then you start sticking the tongue out and the whole lot, like, and then you break the hand off. Like, yeah, I mean, the whole kissing thing back then was like, there was, it was, there was high, uh, high criticism out there. There was. Like, you didn't want to be known as the bloke who kisses like a washing machine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you're having a, a game of like kiss yeah. chasing or whatever. So if you were, like, in the bottle. If, yeah. you were pra- if you were physically practicing, I wouldn't say physically practiced, but I probably practiced in my head, like. Yeah. I'd probably in my head going, oh, jeez, don't do that with like the washing machine, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be sloppy and all, like, so you're, you're pra- maybe practicing. I remember, I remember being quite young and uh, being asked to meet this young one up at the back of Casa Villards, up off the, up off the Crumlin Road. And so we all went up to play snooker or play pool, you know, and obviously then it was sort of orchestrated that I'd go out Just and shoot, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, this whole fucking scenario. And I remember, <laughs> I remember kissing, starting to kiss her. And as soon as I started kissing her, she started humming. Right. <laughs> so, so I'm, you know, the whole head tilt goes. Because remember when you used to kiss people, your head would stay the same way for yeah, 15 yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, your job, you and fucking bits, and you'd be going, oh, da, 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 da. you know. So anyway, I, I, I fucking gave the old close of the eyes, tilt the head, go in for the kill. And as we started to kiss, she started going, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So I, for a minute, I'm going, I'm going. I'll just go with it for a second, see what happens here, right? So, so she's. Right, well, she's kissing me. So I'm like, no, fuck this. This is too straight. So I stop. I'm sort of like, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm grand, I'm grand, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. We, we, we go again, will we? <laughs> Tilted the head back in again. 
Three occasions she started humming while we were kissing. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I just went, nah, listen, nah, I'm going to head back into the house. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking bailed out. I was only about 12, you know what I mean? But like, still to this day, it sticks with me as being the fucking, probably the weirdest kissing experience. <laughs> and I mean, teeth, you know, you know, if it, oh, chomper, uh, like cashy uh, teeth. Uh, just gnawing uh, at you. It's like if, 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 if they really go in. Like everyone's different, I suppose, but when they go uh, and then they bash teeth and yeah. it's like, and they're going, Oh, Jesus, yeah, mind the yeah. Delph love. Yeah, it's like, I'm not putting my tongue in there. <laughs> <laughs> Just smashing around. <laughs> I remember going up to the baller as well, like after being in fucking uh, one of the discos. What was it? Cocos? No, 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 no. no, no. This is young. young like, this is uh, young. Um, Fogs are. Fo- uh, 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 Mary used Jules. to have one as well. Yeah, it was yeah. Jules and. Uh, and like myself and my mate were with these young ones and then we met up with a bowler. We went around the back of the bowler and just <laughs> about t- two minutes there, like you just hear your one and my mate like and your one goes, You dirty bastard, fuck off. <laughs> and I ruined everything. But what happened was <laughs> Well, what happened was he went to Chihuahua uh, Radio Moscow. She says, Put it down. Get your hand down, and he went down. Hit <laughs> <laughs> <In> the horse. <laughs> <laughs> she, she just it. wanted an over jumper. Yeah, he, he thought that was an invitation. He thought, "Geez, she's forward." This one's game. This one's game. He's terrible. And I might try it, Trevor. I'll just uh, talk here with a very serious voice <laughs> and emphasise some of the really important things that I want to say. You have to talk very, very soft to very make soft, it yeah. certain words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Trev. Um, oh! <laughs> Sorry, lads. Oh. Jay's getting excited. No. Easy there, Jay. deep voice, yeah. Sorry. Right, so, um, zombie apocalypse, Andy. Who's forced eaten In the trippers. What? Zombie apocalypse, who's forced to be If chilled? there was a zombie apocalypse, who'd yeah. be forced to eat? Yeah. Why would, S- whoa, whoa, whoa. Why would you be eating people? Like, in a zombie, I don't get the question. Are the zombies getting those, like? I don't fucking know, I didn't write the so question. So are you a zombie and you have to eat someone? Eh. Who asked the question? Come <laughs> in here. <laughs> Alex Barrelero. If you were a zombie, that would probably be better. Okay. I'd eat Steve. You'd eat Steve, yeah. Yeah. Well, he does eat nice food, so he probably he eats tastes nice food. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know the way yeah. when you feed the cows like it's, beer and stuff like it's that. It's like because... uh, cannibals uh, say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> literally, like cannibals. Because you, you need to if you were a cannibal, yeah, you would say that a human, human's flesh, a human's meat is the is the best you can eat. Yeah, yeah and so then by that fact, you'd have to go for Steve because he eats well. He eats well and he eats tasty food with spices yeah. and stuff in it. Yeah, and he oh. likes likes cake and that so he'd be a bit of sweetness to us. His missus makes Lois cake and he eats lots of cake. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. type of cakes does she make? Like, she's, 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 uh, she's mad into bacon, yeah. 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 She wants to open a, a, a boulangerie. A boulangerie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah. That's, that's not selling knickers. Like, what? Well, you could do that out the back. Out the back. She could make G-string cakes. So, Steve O's misses if you're listening, listening in the car, G-strings cakes and selling knickers out yeah. the back. Happy days. Yeah. Job done. Right then. Um, let me see. Oh, are we all answering or what? Have you done yeah. a good one? Well, I what? go with Paul Brown. Go with Brandy. Because he tastes of KFC and gravy. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, Chipper Chats. Uh, so, first one up from Signed Orange. Signed Orange. Um, Andy, did we taste the chicken? What? Do we, as in humans, taste the chicken? Taste Do we chicken. taste of chicken? Yeah. No, I think it tastes like uh, they're going to sound like a tasted human. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little nibble in the it's back of the oven. It's like pork. It's meant to taste like pork. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alright. Honest question, Ray. <laughs> Would you? If we well, don't if you could get alive. like an old toy or something like that, a human flesh. <laughs> Would you have a nibble? Don't nice. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of season or whatever. Would you have a would you have a taste? You know, once in your life. Would you taste it just to see? Out of curiosity. I wouldn't, but I would do the alive thing. If it meant me dying, I'd fucking happily eat all those fuckers. <laughs> Ray's not letting the bus yeah. the next one. <laughs> <laughs> if you just gnawing on your arm. Yeah. I wouldn't willingly, but if I had it to survive. We'd yeah. be in a plane crash, we wouldn't even have the seatbelt off. <laughs> I know, right? We'd be like, it's fucking the same fucking fucking toy. Ray, get off me toy, I'm not dead yet. <laughs> get the off show la- lost when I lasted three days with you. <laughs> <laughs> We've eaten every clip. I want to qualify as cannibalism. Like, just have a taste. Just. Yeah. A- not someone that goes around doing this for like all of the crack. Yeah, it's cannibalism. Uh, I think if you eat that other person, it's cannibalism. <laughs> you yeah, eat the same species. Okay, so say you're not the cat. The, there's a cannibal there, <laughs> uh, and it's happening. It's happening either way. He's eating that leg. It's happening. There's yeah. nothing you can do to stop it. Yeah, and he just says, "Would you like a, a little t- a soy? Like it's just a taste." A <laughs> You're there, just <laughs> so no one else there. That makes you a cannibal. To have a little taste. Yeah. If there's someone there doing a line of coke and they say, <laughs> do you want some coke? And you're talking, yeah, I'll have a little taste. Well, that means you take coke. No, it, it means you take coke. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're like a drug addict. I didn't say you were a drug addict. Like, so yeah, you take coke. Okay, so if, if someone, yeah, you, so you, you wouldn't be a drug addict then, is that what you're saying? No. So you're not a cannibal. <laughs> Boom! That's in your face! Your it's not. You're a, a cannibal human. is someone okay. that eats another person. A human eat, you're, you're, not uh, eats them all the time. Yeah. Just eats another person. Yeah, I don't think you quantify it. So you're saying if you have a little some tiny that, bit, you're not a that, cannibal. Okay, someone who's experimenting drugs, maybe taking one little bit of coke, one bit of cannabis, or they're not a drug user. They're just someone who's maybe had a, a dabble. Right. Just use drugs. Someone who uses drugs, I would describe as someone who regularly uses drugs on a regular basis. A cannibal eats human human flesh on a regular basis. You have a so you taste. think it's regularity that makes you a cannibal? Yes. It's frequency. <laughs> it's frequency. Yeah. If, so there's okay. a threshold here. How many times do you get to be a cannibal? Uh, say you did it by accident. <laughs> <laughs> would you go around telling people you're a cannibal then? Well, I wouldn't tell people, but I would be a cannibal. <laughs> <laughs> you would. Is it like you have to have like stamps to be a cannibal? You have to have like four. Have to like, like if someone gave orbits. it to you on the sloy without you knowing. And I'd then, like to- that to and then told you, like then that told that you afterwards. Would I'd you? Like that to happen. Would you? Like <laughs> would you make yourself happen. sick and then like say? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> so you you would be a cannibal. That's fine. With you. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely fine. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh God, I love Phil. So I give us about three weeks, and he'd be able to tell you if it tastes a chicken, right? <laughs> give us about three weeks. Yeah. 
Would you not be curious? I would eat it as well, but it would make you a cannibal. That's fine. So you're okay. With I know. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm siding with you. Yeah. That yeah. doesn't make it a cannibal. No. I'm sure if you look up cannibal in the it dictionary, you it won't say about how much you eat. Yeah. I'm sure it says if you eat the same species as yourself, even that much, the size of your fingernail, you're a cannibal. I don't understand why there's a quantity element. But people eat their fingernails all the time. That doesn't make them a cannibal. Yeah, good point. Mm. I don't think it's. I don't think eating fingernails counts. I think it's meat. Ah, no, hang on a second. Yeah. Now we're saying that if okay, you know, the girls go out and they kiss their mates. Yeah, when they're drunk. Yeah, is that le- are they lesbians then? It's not the same. It is being the, a cat. The, the one kiss, is a definitive they kiss their mate thing. once. Bang, lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It's off the table. Why no more discussion. That's a lesbian then. There's too much labelling going on these days. on people. You can't. You can't just lay with people like that. <laughs> It'd be very unfair, wouldn't it? <laughs> you think you think it's unfair that if someone ate another person, they would be called a cannibal. That's only a little bit. Only a little bit. They're getting eaten anyway. How would you okay. get? <laughs> how would you get a little bit? I don't understand. Give me the scenario. You're you're in company, <laughs> yeah, right. And a guy, someone you know, you're a party. is going just yeah. like a party. Andy. <laughs> One of the guests go missing. Yeah. <laughs> Next minute they're on the try, and the guy goes, Andy, you don't have to do anything, but I'm going to eat this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets into it, and it looks nice, and he goes, do a little bit. No, you know, you're thinking, try this sandwich, and you say, yeah, yeah, okay. You that and you'd have a Here's the scenario: you're, yeah. um, you move into a new new uh, house, and you have housemates. And you know, someone's making dinner, and then they've got a plate of meat and veg, and you go, "Geez, what's that?" And they go, oh, "It's it's a human leg." <laughs> <laughs> and you go, "You go, wow, you're a, you're a cannibal." And they go, "Yeah, I am." <laughs> Would you like to try it? That's the situation. And you, and you I go, I go to him. Would it make me a cannibal? And he go, "No." <laughs> You're just having a little taste, a little, t- a little corner, a little corner. Oh, oh, oh. do you have this whole convo walk? He's been. And we go, no, and then he said, maybe. You're making up people to back up your argument. And you're taking the word of a cannibal. So, does that make you a cannibal? No, 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 no. So everyone has a bit. Yeah. Jesus Christ. See, Burger King are looking to sell booze as well. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But that's, that's going to fucking open doors. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen I the new the Burger King? Everything. I love the Burger King. No, I love. I said I worked the Burger King. <laughs> I worked at Burger King. Did well. you? Yeah. Which one are you working in Wales? In Wales, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> worked at a few. But have you seen the new McDonald's advert? Where if you go in and order the spicy one, they get like this trampy girl with yeah, tattoos yeah. and all that. What's that advert about? It's like, if you order this, we'll get the, the dirty version. She's like something kind of Fast and Furious or something. Yeah, it's like, if you order a cheeseburger, this nice clean person will come and make it for you. But if you want something a bit rough, a bit dirty, this bird will come and make it yeah. for you. Yeah, oh, well, I, I worked in, in Burger King. There was nothing but knackers walking there. I worked in Burger like, King. It's different now. I think yeah. all the, like, this, I know this is it's not racist, but the most of foreigners come in and they work at McDonald's. And I prefer it. I think I can trust them more. We were disgraceful. No, so, don't tell me like a horror story. Well, about let me, I'll tell you a story oh, now. Right? Oh. I worked in Burger King during the 1999 Rugby World Cup, right? And it's in uh, just outside. Don't, don't tell us where. Just outside the stadium, right? So. I'm never going to be able to have a Burger King. Allegedly. Again. <laughs> <laughs> I heard this story. What he used to do is he used to come in at 7 o'clock in the morning and you'd half cook 
So the burgers are cooked on a broiler, right? You know, yeah, like yeah. this big thing, yeah. you put the burgers through and the flame grills them. So you turn that all the way up to the top so it goes through as fast as hell. And you half cook all the burgers, put them in a box, <laughs> and then leave them there for like four hours. And then when people come in and order fresh burgers, you put them through again on the fast broiler so that they fully cook. And then Allegedly. put them, and then instead of like <laughs> making the burgers with lettuce in one bowl, tomatoes in another, onions in another, you just put it all in one big bowl and just take a big clump of salad and throw it in. And if anyone came in, and asked for say, you know, can I have a burger with no pickles? You yeah. just you just mark on it, no pickles, and give it to them. <laughs> <laughs> and then they'd be out the door before they realise that no one's going to queue coming back. In. I used to do a few things like not not really thing. I was main on, on, uh, involved in the chips production. Oh yeah. So uh, yeah, I would be dishing out the chips. So I used to, you know, the way you had the cartons and they'd be all stacked together. Now I'd know how many I'd be doing for the day, but so as soon as I know I'm not there, I'd go down far enough on the chip and put winner. <laughs> just like winner so when you get to the bottom of your chips it says winner you have to be given some <laughs> so you used to create absolute havoc like <laughs> I fucking love it that's pretty smoking a like we used to do loads of stuff like that when I went where here's another going on I worked in a uh, Tesco as well when I was when I was young, and uh, what I used to do was, um, you know, in the fruit and veg section, you can you have the scales, mm. right? And what I do is lean on the scales and press the most expensive button. So at the time, it was some exotic fruit, whatever it was, and you get a little barcode out for about like ninety nine pound. <laughs> Cut it off with a scissors and go around the shop and put on light bulbs. Big <laughs> 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 fucking fire lights. And if you get an overcharge, like 300 pounds. <laughs> 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 That's 300 and some pounds. <laughs> what? Skip my shopping long the pass. <laughs> 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 oh, <laughs> oh, 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 you're after buying a hundred. Euros worth of uh, <laughs> apricots there. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I got a light bulb and a packet of smokes. <laughs> That'd be fucking more. Or else, uh, what the, was a really common one, and I think it was gone back years. Like, my brother tipped me off, but he got around and take the sticker off the dog field and the sticker off the beans and swap them <laughs> so, so when you, you crack open your tin of beans it's just dog food fucking hell you're going to be there's going to be people that listening I got, going, but I got caught for all of this like, you, oh, know? you got fired from all of it I, no I never got fired but uh, I, I, remember, I remember at the time my brother got I said to your brother oh, I got caught doing that and he was like oh no what am I going to do <sighs> I don't know, you could cause a diversion. What do you mean? Just set set the uh, compactor on fire down the back. Like. <laughs> <laughs> that way they won't give a shit about you. <laughs> I didn't do that though. <laughs> but the trick, with, the trick with fast food is uh, if it's quiet, you're all right because they're going to make it fresh. If it's busy, ask for something. If it's kind of busy, ask for something special so that they have to make it fresh. And if it's really busy, don't fucking eat in there. Because yeah. there's no way that's going to be anything you want to eat. Well, we'd often play ice hockey with the burgers. That was one thing we did. <laughs> it's a big long corridor, and if you'd have a sweeping brush at one end, sweep brush at and you'd be fucking milling the burgers right down. Like, and as soon as it got soggy, like that was just sticking to the floor. Well, that was the time to cook it. <laughs> <We used> to- <laughs> 
Lock people in the freezer all the time. Oh, 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 oh my god. <laughs> Alright, fucking leave it there. <laughs> Sexy Edmund Tom with Trev down there. <laughs> thanks for the cue. Uh, thanks to Astro Park here in Tala for being our genial host. You log on to astropark.ie, you'll get all your info about the types of football you can play here. Now, it occurs to me that day trippers are not sponsored by MailChimp or Squarespace, and really we should fix that. So, if you guys are listening out there, we're interested. <laughs> Competition winner for the Five Times show in Dublin, David Whelan. And your day trippers tonight were Sasha Nakrani, Stephen Daly, Andy Young, Phil Casey, and my undead self, Trev Denny. Uh, James Collard's wondering, what's your guilty pleasure? Something that you enjoy that you don't really like to talk about. And now I want you to admit it to everyone on a podcast. <laughs> well, I'm definitely James, not going to tell sure you that's that's up the hole. So. <laughs> yeah, keep that one to yourself. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So don't tell anyone. We'll put the real one. ones in, okay? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know Phil never stitches anybody up. I'll definitely edit that one out. <laughs> I'll just flag it there. <laughs> Goodison Derby on Sunday lunchtime. So, uh, what's going on here, you fuckers? What happened there? What happened there? <laughs> <laughs> he just fucking cracked one out there. He just oh, literally just... leaned off the thing. <laughs> it was a cake fart. <laughs> Do you remember cake farts actually? Google cake farts. <laughs> lemon party and cake farts. No, I don't okay. party. Don't Google lemon party. Google cake farts. Okay. Uh, Do you remember cake farts? Yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about, fella. No, thank Christ. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Four cake farts online. Are you getting there? Yeah. What's cake farts? <laughs> You know what Find I love? This, you know. Cake farts. <laughs> oh, I had a profile. Oh, fucking deal for cop. <laughs> that, that's the name for tonight, isn't it? I didn't even that's, record that. Deal for cop. Oh, God. <laughs> He's right, though. I want cop. What would you put in your human leg now? What would you, what would you garnish that with? Uh, well, would it do uh, like pulled pork? Piri, piri. Like a bit of pulled pork, but in the other No, like actually, do you know what? It would, a just a bit of salt and pepper because if you want to taste to see what it's actually like, you don't want oh, to ruin yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 There's nothing worse than putting stuff on a, on a steak you paid decent. There's definitely a book in that cannibal cooking now. Yeah. <laughs> Leg with a couple of post eggs. Yeah, it's really water. Hello again. Are you still listening? It's Trevor Francis here. 
you're the winner. If you listen to this, you're the winner. Hashtag LFC Day Trippers winner to claim your prize. Thank you. <laughs> some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside and some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort i used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package but that all changed when i got my honda suv it's rugged and sophisticated and right now honda has deals on the entire honda suv lineup crv hrv pilot passport you name it so if you're looking for a car that's the total package the only place you'll find it is at your local honda dealer hurry before they're all gone hey don't forget the johnsons are coming over i want to find a rosé jill hasn't tried yet let's go exploring at total wine their prices are ridiculously low wondrous selection helpful guides always low prices total wine and more sports social podcast network